and welcome to episode number 76 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Fairway J, where we break down all the big bets, all the big news, and all the big happenings that is going on in this great gambling industry of ours. Of course, sports betting, a little DFS, a little poker, whatever we can talk about that is going on that you can bet on. We will talk about it. And speaking of that, no better way, guys. To get this thing kicked off and to talk about G2E, we will talk a little bit about what's going on with the World Series. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL and Heisman stuff that's going on. Lots of interesting shakeups, of course, going on in the sports world right now. This is a pretty interesting time with the NBA firing up, the NHL going. We got baseball playoffs. We have football. It is amazing how we have all of these options to bet on each and every night. As always, we are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google. We're on Apple. So be sure. And go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate that. And follow us on the Twitter. At the Lines US, at PlayPix US. Brett, how did week seven in the NFL treat you? Uh, all right. I think it was my second or third straight winning week with my handicapping cards. So uh, pretty. I, I feel like I'm starting to, to get a feel for what these teams are. I know some of the teams I was just completely... I, I was baffled by some of the things they were doing early in the year. We talked about that with some of the coaching but um, it's easier to cap these games going forward now that we have some information about what what they're doing, what they're capable of. So I feel good. Jay, how did uh, week seven treat you, my man? My worst of the season. Oh, <laughs> coming off my best the year, the week before um, contest, not good. And personal, but the, the totals I did fine. in, but uh, unfortunately had just a list out it. There weren't the, like, I'm looking at the overall record. I think nine favorites covered this week. So I was on more underdogs and not the right ones. But um, there's a couple games. Obviously, teams just didn't perform what, what it was expected, especially like Philadelphia and Dallas. But that was a big game for now, first place in the NFC East. And the Cowboys really dominated that game. Yeah, I had a pretty decent week, mainly because I didn't play a ton of of, of bets and the ones I did, the the big ones I had on the week were the uh, Ravens and the Rams. And so those were the two big winners for me uh, this week. So I was glad at that. I had a couple of small losers, including the over in that Seahawks-Ravens uh, game. I was... I was pretty sure that game was going to go over. I even had a chance to kind of backdoor that thing as the as Russell Wilson and Seahawks were marching down the field, and I thought they were going to get a garbage time score, but ended up opting for the field goal, and I did not get there. Missed it by a couple of points. That was kind of a bummer. That was kind of a kick in the old in the old groin there. But other than that, pretty decent little uh, pretty decent little week because the two games I was most confident in were the games that came through and had the most money on those. So those are the two games that destroyed me. (laughs) Those are my two worst games of the week that you were right on. Yeah. We talked about those on the podcast. Yeah. Those were the, uh, yeah, those were the, those were the two, um, where we, we were differing. We we had differing opinions, uh, on the Seahawks, the Seahawks team. And I I don't, I don't, apparently I have a terrible read on the Seahawks. Cause every time, (laughs) every time I look at these matchups and how they, you know, how they, how it looks on paper, it goes completely different than what I expect. So, I guess I need to adjust on that one. Yeah, it was uh, it, that was that was definitely an interesting game. I would I I, I was nearly positive that the game was going to go over, and somehow it didn't get over, and that was a that was very unfortunate in the grand scheme of things here. But we yeah, Russ are, was bad. Yeah, basically that, basically that. But we're on to week eight, and we'll certainly talk about that here in just a second. Before we get going, if you're wondering where we were last week, uh, Jay and I were over at G2E, the Global Gaming Expo yearly conference held here. In Las Vegas, where there is not only a bunch of education and seminars and guest speakers and things like that, but also a gigantic expo floor where everybody displays all of their toys and their shiny new objects and tries to get you to get excited about what they have coming down the pike here. Jay, as you walk the floor, what was something that stood out to you? Was there anything that as you were kind of walking that expo floor, you know, even if it's not necessarily the sports betting realm, but uh, anything that really jumped off the page to you? Yeah, I went on a tour with uh, some of the media members to a number of the tech companies, and we, we're starting to see more kiosks. And we, we, I, I see them in Las Vegas on some of the betting terminals, but nothing what you're going to see moving forward. And IGT has debuted something uh, that they have in Mississippi, and currently um, it's a touch t- it's a touch screen monitor. It's a betting terminal. It's got like a 27 inch monitor. You can 
watch games on the screen. You can place bets directly from the station and then cash out right there. And you're going to see more and more of those um, moving forward. And they'll ultimately work their way to Las Vegas and, and more uh, of the casinos here. But I, I uh, have talked to some of the execs displaying these and, and I've still going through some of my uh, notes and recordings from them, some of them to post some more things. But there's a, uh, more and more sports betting void. There's over 400 vendors and more and more of it sports betting related. And you're going to see uh, a lot more innovations moving forward. Yeah. I, um, a little time for some cross promotion here, Brett, if you guys are, have listened to the, the legal sports report podcast. If you, uh, if you're not familiar, at least go catch the last one we did. We did a megapod from the actual G2E gaming floor. We were able to talk to a bunch of major players in the industry to not only talk some business, uh, not only talk like some legislative side of things, but just talk some product and innovation type things as well. We talked to Ed Miller, who's trying to kind of get into that live wagering space where he has, you know, he and his guys over there at Deck Prism have, have really started to make some noise here, especially with all the sport radar news that is going on out there that they might come in and start to compete for some of that live wagering business out there. So that's a good conversation with him. We talked to IGT as well. That's that you guys mentioned that one of the things he said in the interview that I thought was incredibly interesting was he was talking about a deal that will roll out at some point in 2020. He didn't know if it was Q2 or Q3, but basically they're going to have, and Brett, you will remember this fondly, I'm sure from uh, online poker days as to how tempting and uh, how much you can tell yourself you don't want to do it. And then you're going to end up doing it anyway, but they are actually going to introduce slot machines where up in the right hand corner, there will be a like place, a sports bet and you like hit the little button in the corner. And while you're playing slot machines, you can actually sit there on the slot machine on the screen and place a sports bet at, while you're while you're continuing to play your slot machine. And I'm sure if you remember the Paradise Poker back back in the day, the ultimate bet back in the day, they'd have that little blackjack button up in the corner and you'd sit there and like, you know what? I'm not degenning off any. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not hitting that button. And then you would go card dead for about 45 minutes in a tournament. And the next thing you know, you're hitting oh, that. You're hitting that goddamn button and you can't help it. And you're and you're sitting there playing blackjack when you're supposed to be playing a poker tournament. And, uh, you know, it was it was interesting him saying that because I kind of started to giggle. And he he looked over at me. I said, no, it just reminded me of my my online poker days. So it's, it was it was interesting. But, yeah, you can be sitting there playing a slot machine and, and it, you can uh, punch a little button up in the corner and place a sports bet here pretty soon. I, I like that. I, I'm not one to dabble in slot machines really but look if i have access to to place a bet and i'm i'm watching games on a screen near you know near my slot machine hell yeah i'll, I'll place a bet <laughs> i know right it was uh it's pretty interesting to hear him say it he was like you know i mean there are there are people who don't want and, and, and listen i understand this is probably a little bit of of spin in the whole thing but there is honest to god there is honest some some re, some definite real thing behind this he said a lot of people like if they're playing a slot machine and slot machines they think it's hot or it's or they're running good on it or they just like the particular location whatever it might be like they don't want to get up right because they don't want to take the chance of losing the slot and so if you can just make it easier for them to be able to do some other things that they want to be able to do without having to give up their slot machine then you know we're we're going to give that to the customer and i'm like yeah okay i can buy that that's fine yeah that's that's yeah. why you can order drinks from your slot machine now yeah. too people people don't want to get up yep um, the other thing I saw is going to the IMG Arena booth and taking a look at their in-game. You know, we talked about this, I think, on the pod, the, the the new UFC product that they're going to be introducing. But the one that really, really got my juices flowing was the in-game golf product that they are going to be introducing. And they actually had it set up where you could take a look like you could hit a golf ball into just one of those like, you know, green screens or whatever. And it would track. You could see in real time how this app is going to work and you could follow your shot off the deal when it lands. You can see exactly how far you hit it, exactly how far to the hole. And then it gives you the betting options of, you know, all the different things that they're going to display between shots and guys, it's yes. the things, it's the things that we've talked about on this podcast coming to life. And when this product hits market, I just pray I pray that as many of the books out there, you know, whatever they're offering for the licensing fee or whatever it might be, Please at least give it a shot. Please try because this is going to increase your golf handle by, I mean, a thousand percent because it was perfect, Brett. I mean, you could you could actually just pick a group of golfers. So say you want to just follow, you know how they do, like they'll put Rory and Justin Thomas and, and, and you know, whatever, and 
and Phil Mickelson together in a grouping one day, you know, in one of the early rounds, you can actually just pick to follow that group on this app. And as it's going, it will say who will have the best score on this hole. And it's out of the three guys. And then it'll give you odds to pick which guy's going to have the best score on that particular hole just out of that grouping. And then you can watch that grouping play on the app. Like you can follow along. It, it is just, it's everything we've talked about here that we want in live golf betting. And it's, and it's, they have the technology. It is almost ready for rollout. And I just, I can't wait. And whoever has it, I'm going to fly to that state and I'm going to go play and I'm going to do whatever I have to do because it, it was just so, so amazing. Yeah. I was talking to Dustin Gawker about G2E and I asked him what his, his big takeaway was as far as like products that were out there and the in-play golf was it for him. Golf has so much potential within play. I don't know why it's taken this long, but what you just talked about gives me goosebumps, man. Like that's exciting. That's what we that's what we've been asking for for I mean since we started this podcast yeah. we're talking about it really. Jay, have you uh did, were you able to take a look at the demonstration of that? No, I didn't see the demo, but I had I had read more and more about that and we we've gone over that that with golf there's so much potential for uh, betting moving forward and, and the in-game products are going to be tremendous. So, yeah, that's that's something to watch and if you saw that demo and you're talking about the interest, I would expect it to really really take off. It is like, I mean, guys, I, I mean, look, it's just we, we can't put it into words. Don't do it justice when it actually ha- comes out and we're able to see the gameplay and we're able to see everything. Then, man, that is exactly where uh, that's exactly where this is going to be. And we are going to be all over that. The UFC one is really it is actually pretty awesome, but I feel like you need to be a real I'm not going to say it's it's too inside, but I feel like you definitely need to know UFC. You need to know MMA if you're going to really enjoy this, because there's a lot of the bets that I think a casual fan is just going to have absolutely no idea about. And that's not to say they won't just flip a coin and and give some of these things a whirl. But we're talking about how many, you know, over unders on significant strikes landed over unders on takedown attempts. How long will a guy spend on the mat? Like all these different things, like, you know, how many submission attempts in the fight, in the round, in the whatever, like all these different things. And, you know, Brad, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're a sports fan. I'm sure you watch like the big UFCs when they come around, maybe you get together with some buddies or something, but I just don't know to the casual guy, if, uh, if all the additional options will really translate as well as it does from, from a golf standpoint. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I know nothing about UFC. It's one thing I need to start looking at because it, it is growing and, you know, the betting aspect of it is becoming a thing. So I, I how, how does it work? How does the UFC betting work? Can you bet on like mid match or mid mid round? So. On- so the the way that the demo looked, it didn't look like there was a lot of of like in actual in round betting, but there right. would be just a massive amount of between round bets that would come up that you would be able to do. And and it would really, really expand the amount of bets you can make pre match as well, because right now it's pretty much. I mean, in Jay, there are a couple books here in town and certainly the ones over on the East Coast that give you a few more options, like certainly like ways to win and 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 whatnot. But there's typically a lot of the books just st- stick to, you know, here's the favorite, here's the dog. And that's about it. Like you'll get some props for maybe like the main event and stuff. But uh, a lot of them just kind of stick to the very, very basics, certainly not into the minutia of how many significant strikes are going to be landed. You know, how many submission attempts, how many, you know, will this will this end in, you know, submission, take TKO, KO, whatever it might be like it in this round by this time, like all of these different ways you can bet these fights. And again, I, it's it's cool. They're doing it. And I think that UFC fans are going to really, really like it. But I don't know how many casual fans. Jay, do you ever bet? Do you ever bet boxing or MMA? Uh, I'll say no. I guess I've made a few bets and and it kind of segues into what we're going to cover on this podcast with all the different sports going at this time of year. There's, there's so much, uh, information and, and sports to cover. I find UFC quite interesting, but from a betting and the time to take, there's just an overwhelming amount of sports with the crossover. And I've elected just as I would on soccer or some of the other sports, not to, uh, 
really, really dig in. If I don't think I'm going to be able to put the time or energy into study and really know the players in, in USC case, know the, know the fighters, then I don't think I'm going to win. Obviously I think right, that's, right. that's the best approach, but I, I, again, another sport that there's, there's a real thirst for interest in MMA and fighting. And if they can come up with more and more products to, uh, appease the masses from a betting side, I think, uh, that has the potential as well, but still, I think golf overall is the one, and I do pay attention to that. And uh, as time allows during the busiest season, but the golf betting I think is of, of significance. Yep. And outside of that, I think the only other thing that I saw that was really, you know, kind of uh, kind of out there was it, it. There was even a couple of additional booths for this for this like virtual sports betting. I just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, obviously there must be interest in it. There was, you know, there was more exposure to that at the show this year than there was even last year. But I don't know. It, it's I guess when I can if I have the option to bet on real sports or bet on virtual yes. sports, it just I don't know. It just I, I don't get it. I, I, there must be a market for it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm with you. We wrote about it a couple months ago and I'm just, I, uh, it's baffling that, yeah. <laughs> that people would have any interest in this when there are actual, like I, maybe I, I get it. If people are like just clamoring for some kind of NBA betting action, then maybe like during the off season, but now no. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm content with, you know, betting what we have to bet. And then if there's a little bit of downtime, Hey, maybe that's a sign for me to take a mental break and like actually just chill out as it is anyway. Maybe, maybe I need the downtime in between the seasons and the, and the stuff like that so that my brain doesn't overload here or something. So yeah, that'll be, uh, That'll be interesting. But yeah, G2E was fun. And if you ever have a chance to make it out there, I think, you know, if you're if certainly if you're super interested in the the gaming industry, I mean, you can meet more people in those three days than you could ever meet over the course of a year, you know, anywhere else. So uh, just from that aspect, I think it's probably worth it if you've never given it a whirl. And of course, we're out there every single year. So if you want to stop by and say hi to us, be sure and do that, too. All right, guys, this is as we kind of alluded to at the top of the pod This is a pretty interesting, awesome time of year where we have all of the sports going. Everything's going. Brett, this is so, so, so amazing. Yeah, and FanDuel is calling it the sports equinox. There is a possibility that all four major sports have games on Sunday at the same time it would be of course nfl nhl nba and the mlb with the world series that's assuming there isn't a four game sweep in the world series of course game three is friday game four is saturday so as long as the nationals don't sweep we will have the sports equinox on sunday and that is really freaking cool it really 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 is i mean that is just so amazing and awesome i mean like this this time of year we're always excited in the fall just because it's football season, but like this actual particular time, this late October, when everything is going, is just, it's just bananas. It is absolutely crazy. Jay, when you have what's going on right now going on, how do you split up your time and how do you, how would you recommend someone out there split up your time as far as trying to handicap and trying to play the different sports? I mean, me personally, I kind of have to back off a little bit of baseball at this point of the year because I've d- started to dig so deep into football. And then with the NBA coming up, I obviously do my NBA prep and I just don't I find myself not having the time to really dig into baseball. That's not to say I don't make small bets. I will I, sometimes I just play prices, right? Like I got lucky the last two nights and I say lucky, but I just took the Nats the last two nights because of the price like I didn't really dig in and do a ton of research I just saw that hey it's two of the best pitchers in the game on the hill and I'm getting better than plus 150 on these guys so I don't care I'm pretty much just always going to play that price but as far as being able to really dig in I've kind of had to back off from that what are what is your process yeah same with baseball I played game two in the world series and if you're just watching either of those first two games um you, you could see that if you can get out of there with one win, you're going to have a chance to make profit. But the process as a as a 
better and a handicapper if you're really studying and researching and, and making the plays is uh, you still have to, I think, kind of isolate and try to be specific. I don't bet early season NBA like I used to just because of the time commitment and what's going on. And even last week with G2E and the things you're going to and attending and trying to stay on top of the industry to report and things, you have to kind of pick your spots. But if you're a better, I think that's um, not uh, professional or studying uh, the games, there's so many more options now with whether it be um, shows that are out there, they've got guests and, and people that are doing it professionally talking more and more content. I think if you kind of isolate and try to follow some of the people that are really studying it, um, you can maybe be more selective in your bets. But if you're if you're in the industry and trying to cover it all, it's it's a Herculean effort. And, and it's going to even be more so as college basketball starts because there's so many more teams. There's over 330 teams, whereas in football, there's 130. And so you've got um, – you really have to, I think, still try to, in a sense, specialize, especially maybe in some of the college basketball when you're doing conference, if you're not doing it professionally or have more people that can assist you. But uh, I try to take an isolated approach. I cover football through the entire season. So my, when NBA comes, I'm paying attention. I, I had a bet and I played the over um, in the Timberwolves, knowing, for example, that in the preseason they were the fastest-paced team, and I thought they'd come out against the Nets and carry that over. And it got there just barely in regulation before it went to overtime and went well over. But those are the kind of situations if you're following, not not uh, right on top of it, you can kind of pay attention and, and also read and, and, and uh, pay attention to the people that are following it as much as possible. Brett, what are you doing this time of year? I mean, I know you're a big hockey guy, and but uh, but just the nature of the beast here. I mean, you you have to you have to get into NFL, you have to get an NBA because of of your job. So how, how are you trying to balance everything that's going on? Well, I'm also in a rare position as a Buffalo sports fan right now, too. Usually at this time of year, the Bills are like mathematically <laughs> in the playoffs. And the, and like the Sabres are, you know, slow out of the gate because they're a young team, but not this year. I mean, the Bills sports teams are 13, two and one as we're recording this. So, I mean, as a sports fan, my eyes are on those two teams. But as somebody who works in the industry, it is tricky right now. Um, I mean, just this morning at the lines, we're producing world series previews, NFL, college football, NBA, hell even Jay was writing up breeders cup content. Cause that's coming <laughs> up next week. So, I mean, there's just so much, I mean, golf, I mean, the golf season is, is going strong right now with a big event in Japan. So, I mean, there's just so much going on and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely tough, but, um, we're getting, we're, we're getting through it. I mean, the, the world series is almost past us next, next week. We'll have at least one more sport to, to kind of toss and focus more on NBA and NFL. Head over to thelines.com and you can take a look at a FanDuel sportsbook promo that's going on. They're going to run a free-to-play contest over there, so be sure. All the details are over at the lines, but basically you go in 26, If you have 26 different ways to bet, and if you get 20 of the 26 correct, you're going to split a nice big free roll pot. So uh, take a look over at the lines for the details in that world series has been going on as we alluded to the last couple of days here we had game one and game two of the world series here we go with the Nats taking a two to nothing lead I kind of killed my little thing here where I said I already bet those two games but um yeah so as we look here the Nats opened as the biggest world series dog since 20 it says 2007 that was a plus 192 Line moved to even money in the series after game one. So you could basically over at FanDuel get minus 110 on both sides for the uh, for the Nationals and the Astros. And then with the Nationals winning game two, they're about 280-ish, something like that, to win the series. So it is a very interesting way that this thing has moved around. And I got to be honest, um, Jay, I don't know how you looked at it after game one. When I saw that it was even money on the Astros, I actually was minimally tempted to take them in the series at minus 110. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't now that they would be down to nothing. But I was actually pretty surprised after game one that this thing kind of moved to, 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 you know, 110 on both sides. Yeah, I haven't played the series. Didn't now that after game one, I didn't play it pre-flop. And boy, there are people that definitely think that Washington had value. Um, and you see it now in, in the prices with their pitching. You kind of look at yourself, um, the opportunities there. But on the flip side, you see how it can quickly move. 
um, the prices and the significance of that second victory, which really now puts the Nats in the driver's seat going back home. But we've seen we've seen teams come back from deficits before, and the Astros certainly have the pitching and and the bats. But looking back now, you can see how dominant Washington was against St. Louis and how they've been able to carry that over to their play and, and offensively. And we knew, again, that they had a couple starting pitchers that were going to be very tough outs. But uh, always adjust. Know that if, if you have opportunities like that with a big underdog, maybe you get in before the series and, and uh, can get off of it, potentially like game one, if you've got uh, the team that does win or lose and you have the opportunity teams to make. But it's a big adjustment from the game two victory now to going to game three with Washington to be a big favorite. Brett, you have a pretty interesting article over at the lines that kind of details this Nationals team and just how I, I'm not going to say improbable because we knew that this team had the talent. But whenever you looked up in May and you kind of see where they were sitting in May, you certainly then would have called it improbable for them to make this run. Yeah, I think we both like this team going into the season. Um, but back in even back in June, they were 55 to one to win the World Series back in the middle of June. They were 32 and 38. They were, I think, eight and a half or nine games behind the Braves in the A and the NL East. But then they, you know, they closed them on strong. Uh, and obviously, the, the entire second half of the year to get uh, a playoff spot. This is a good baseball team. They've got great pitching at the top of that rotation. They got a, a strong young nucleus of hitters and some veterans like Rendon and Zimmerman to round out what looks like a championship roster. And it kind of goes into what we've talked about with hockey futures before the season. There's more variance in some of these event-based sports. And, you know, although the long baseball season kind of neutralizes some of that variance, once you get to the playoffs, like who the hell knows what's going to happen? Right. I mean, the, the, gold, the Golden Knights and the St. Louis Blues, recent examples of that in the NHL. And now the Nats are, are showing some of that here. Like a team that opened around 20 to one to win the, to win the world series before the year is, is, a huge favorite now to take it down. Plus 235 over at DraftKings, plus 225 over at FanDuel, minus 286 DraftKings, minus 280 over at FanDuel as we sit right now. If this thing was over three bills, maybe I would uh, maybe I would take a look at the at the Astros here. I mean, this is one of the things with Garrett Cole, and maybe we should have read kind of a little bit between the lines here. He had that big stretch of games where he had double-digit strikeouts, I think, in 14 consecutive starts. But he was throwing a ton of pitches in every one of those games. And we're talking like over 100 pitches just about in 14 straight starts. And you you basically have to do that if you're going to strike out 10-plus guys in every single start. And then one of the things I'm... You know, I wish I would have bet more actually in that game one was the fact that if we looked at his last playoff start and while it didn't affect him on the scoreboard, he was wild for the first time and he didn't have the control of his command for the first time in two months. He walked five guys in that last playoff start before the World Series. And I should have kind of picked up on that, that maybe some of these long, you know, all of these long games, all these long innings, all these pitches he was throwing was starting maybe to catch up with him. And what we saw was him just not have his command in game one. And that cost him. And I feel like maybe if I'd had a little bit, a little more time and a little bit more to dig into this, I might would have picked that up and put a little bit more significant wager on the nationals in that thing. But I'm not going to complain. A bet's a bet. A win is a win. I'm not going to say anything about that. But I feel like if we, if we would have read between the lines a little bit, maybe we could have gotten down uh, some extra money on that, Jay. Maybe you know, had we uh, had we taken some time to really dig into that, I think it points to the the most important thing when you're looking and we're we, we, too many people, and especially the touts out there, they think they're in the prediction business. But the reality is, you should be looking for value and let the chips fall where they may once you make the bet. And there's no question that Washington had the value. And you point out some good things about some signs of. Garrett Cole, you can use that in other sports. If you dig deeper into the statistics at this time of year, you're going to obviously see the top teams in college football and these NFLs more and more bigger favorites because they're performing at a high level. But Garrett Cole is just a tremendous example. He had won 
what is it, 16 straight starts. His his numbers were tremendous, but that's over the course of time. Now, in his most recent starts, if you can pick up on that, the walks are a really good example you made, is that maybe there's some tiring, maybe there's some element. I wasn't willing to play against him particularly at, on his, at home, thinking that, you know, the price is definitely value, but uh, thinking he's still going to be perform really well. And they ended up getting into him and getting the win. But you can carry that over into all sports. And so people say, what is value? Well, value is um, a capable starter like Scherzer, obviously more than capable. And, and you've got that matchup and there's still value in the number. And you make the bet, you play value and let the chips, like I said, fall where they may. And in football, it can be those teams. And obviously you've got turnovers and hazards and officials calls that can impact it. But that's the name of the game is the bookmakers adjust the price you're looking for value and if you play the underdogs over time like that you don't have to hit obviously near the percentage to come out ahead how much do we how much can we uh thank mattress mac for some of that value in the nationals (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true that's true i mean they didn't want to take any more astros money that's for sure I mean, I think good example of shopping for price different, yeah. different sports books as well, where um, some books with that, that have the liability are going to make the price even more significant. And if you like the underdog in that case, you take back even more. Injuries are the big story in the NFL and in college football, and it's really shaking up these futures markets. If you guys are living under a rock, then let me give you some information. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. And so with Patrick Mahomes getting hurt big time shifts in the MVP race over at DraftKings. We're looking at Russell Wilson now being the favorite plus 275 Aaron Rodgers behind him at 350 Lamar Jackson at 600 Deshaun Watson at 700. And then we get into the four digits here, 1100 on McCaffrey, 1200 on Brady Mahomes now sits at 1200 Dak Prescott at 1800 Dalvin Cook at 2,500, he's not going to win. And then uh, once we get past that, it goes to Kirk Cousins and beyond, and that is like plus 4,000 and beyond here. Brett, one of the things I guess we should be able to try and give some insight to our listeners here is, I mean, Patrick Mahomes returned to practice this week. Now, I am, well, I was about to say if I was a betting man. I am a betting man, and I will bet that he is not going to play this week. I think that it would be really 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 foolish of them to bring him back this soon but if he is practicing this week maybe he's back way sooner than we expected right here to have him fall all the way to 1200 what if he only misses one game yeah and look if you're into narratives too if this guy comes back from injury and leads this team to a bye to a division title i think he's even more likely to win that right like he, there's there's always the, the the chance that he is playing hurt and we've seen what happens when that, you know, when that's the case. And his offensive line looks awful as well. But this is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy is the, he's the best player in the NFL. So, I mean, at, at plus 1,200 right now, is there value? I, I'm not sure. But if you think that he's going to come back in a couple of weeks, this, this AFC is so soft. That division is so soft. I, I don't see anything really in his way to another big season and and you know coming back from the injury i think voters are going to look at that and say well look at this team was when he was hurt and when they didn't have him and look what he did in the second half of the season so i guess the other question is here jay is so we see tom brady sitting at plus 1200 and he just kind of is lurking out there and tom just kind of goes out and he does what he does and he doesn't necessarily give us these jaw dropping plays that lamar jackson and deshaun watson and patrick mahomes give us he doesn't put up the 500 yard passing days like aaron Rodgers. but if he is able to navigate this team to an undefeated record And, you know, Mahomes, let's say Mahomes does miss two or three games and that's pretty much eliminates him at that point. And then you look at uh, the Seahawks team and say they kind of slip off a little bit and Russell Wilson kind of gets eliminated by by proxy here. I mean, I don't know. Do you you feel there's any value at all on Brady at twelve hundred or would you like to see that number be more, you know, 15, 18, something like that before you would even be tempted? Yeah, I'd need more still. And and the reason is. Um, again, you're d- trying to get in the minds a little bit of where, what are the voters going to think. And if Mahomes was out and he, um, they falter and lose some games and then he comes back a little sooner, can p- still put up the numbers, they are maybe a little more swayed by that. Remember, Brady, I think because of the defense is so much stronger in New England, they might certainly consider that in the process as well to override maybe what Brady's able to do from an MVP potential standpoint. But um, I, I don't play um, – 
and haven't made the, any bets on these adjustments. But I guess if I were to think, Brady would have to be more for me. And Mahomes, I think, is a good point that at least if you're kind of projecting if we were to come back, you'd want to get in on it knowing that the odds would only come down probably if he right. continued to perform at a high level. So you, you'd have the best number um, probably able to get it now. But uh, it's another example, I think, of the hazards of betting not only futures but also specific players, and that is injury. Yep. And that's the all, always the risk in making it probably, I guess – one of the biggest reasons why I don't personally make them, but uh, we've seen, what do we got? I think 13 backups now that will be starting in the NFL at quarterback alone. And so if Mahomes comes back, he's certainly going to be a player. If he continues to back, put up the numbers, he'll be back in the mix and better than the 12 to one number. I think you're seeing. Yeah. I think you make a really good point here. And I think we talked about this at pretty, pretty good before the season, but listen, maybe we've picked up some new listeners here of the last couple of months. And I personally don't either make, I don't make, Per, I don't make uh, single player futures bets where I need performance. I actually do the opposite. So if I ever do, if I ever do futures on any single player, I'm always betting unders in which it means I'm looking for lack of performance because there's always just so many ways that things can go wrong where a team, a guy can even have just an amazing season but then be on a bad team. And if that's the case, we know how the NFL works. They just will not reward someone that's on a bad team, even if that guy shows completely out. So, And then we have the injury situation. We have all these other things. So um, I think that's a very good point here. And, and Brett, you know, we're, we want to bring this up just so people can kind of talk about it and so people can talk through it. But when you're betting on for someone to succeed in the NFL – you are really, really kind of rolling the dice because there are just so many outs for the bad stuff to happen. Yeah, and it kind of opens up the the long shot market too, right? If some of these guys can kind of sneak up and, you know, the favorites are getting hurt or performing poorly. I would need like 40 to 1 right now on Brady. Like it, that guy has been so bad this year. I just don't, I just don't see it with him. But yeah, it's you, you just, you know, you look at what is at the top and you have to hope. If you're if you're only getting two to one and a guy to win MVP or the Heisman, you you have to hope for everything to go perfectly right. As far as the Super Bowl goes, no surprise, New England Patriots are the favorite still, two plus two twenty five. But what if I were to tell you that the New Orleans Saints were going to lose Drew Brees, have to play games <laughs> without Alvin Kamara, without Jared Cook, in and out of the lineup with some of their wide receivers and all the other things that are going on, and here they sit as the second favorite to win the Super Bowl this year at plus 550, Brett, I think you would have told me that I was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely would have. I thought there would be a huge drop-off from Drew Brees to Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, and there really hasn't. This team is, I mean, you can make the argument that they've been better. Uh, it's been unbelievable, and it's it really goes into you know the Saints' culture, coaching. They're just, they're a great football team. Well-rounded, great offensive line, really impressive defense. Um not surprised that they're plus fifty or plus five fifty right now, but yeah, I mean, if you had told me that a, a few weeks ago, I would have, I would have been completely shocked. And next week, being at the midpoint of the season, we'll kind of do our midseason reevaluation podcast and and take a look at all the different teams and all you know where we were right, where we were wrong, how we would try to adjust here moving forward. But Jay, just real quick, as we look at some of these guys that are. Further on down the line here, Packers, Packers plus a thousand, 49ers, thousand. Chiefs have now fallen to eleven hundred with the Mahomes news. Then you get to the Cowboys at eighteen hundred, Vikings at eighteen hundred, Ravens at two thousand. Do any of those kind of like second tier of teams? you know, at least give you curiosity now that we've gotten, you know, we're not locking our money up for six months at this point. We've gotten to the halfway point of the season. Maybe we see some value in some of these other teams to kind of make a run and potentially put together a string of good games and, 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 you know, give the Patriots a run for it. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm looking more at the NFC trying to determine uh, value. And I, I'm not a homer for, for, for starters. I know Ben, there were many years where I was against the Vikings and I grew up in that market and didn't like some of the things that they were doing for years, but I am pretty impressed with what Minnesota is still doing. Um, five and two, still a game behind Green Bay in the division. But if I was looking, I think they're, if not real close to being as, uh, at, at New Orleans level. So from a value standpoint, I still think they have an opportunity. Now, if they were a wild card, they obviously would 
probably host a game initially and then have to go on the road to get there. But I think there's more value in a team like that that has the defensive components and has shown now signs with a little more balance on offense and Cousins playing better that they're going to be there. Um, but the biggest thing I think you still have to look at is schedule moving forward. And the Vikings still have a tough one. They've got back-to-back after this week. they got to go to Kansas City and Dallas and and uh, they still have a road game at Seattle um, and then finish with the tough Games at home, though, against Green Bay and Chicago, where they will probably determine whether they're not only going to get in, which I think they will ultimately be a playoff team, but can they win the division? And so that's where you have to kind of look on. Um, I think Green Bay and Minnesota both have the opportunity, maybe a little more value than New Orleans. But the, the positive, of, if you're betting New Orleans, is that they're more than likely going to come through that division. But Carolina is still in the mix. Um, but from a value standpoint, I think those teams have the potential, and I think they can match up with the AFC teams. The, the one last thing is that we thought many people thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were, you know, pretty pretty unbeatable, especially at home, and they lost back-to-back home games. So identify maybe the schedule looking forward. Try to interpret where this team will come out um, in uh, in terms of making the playoffs where you project them and clearly New Orleans would have a better chance if they win the division and potential buys and home field but I think there's some value still with Minnesota um, if uh, you're looking that way on a longer shot in the NFC and we'll be sure and take a deep dive as I mentioned into the NFL at the halfway mark of the season here and let you guys know how we think the rest of this thing is going to play out Brett we go over to the college football side injury as well rears its ugly head to a has surgery on his ankle. Now, I talked to my orthopedic surgeon buddy who said this is kind of fairly fairly common for some of these guys here, and certainly you know, a timetable can be very rapid to come back, but you are susceptible depending on how long you, you give it for, for re-injury. So there, there is that hanging out there, but what it has done is kind of shake up this Heisman market to where we're looking at a new favorite here. Yeah, your boy, Joe Burrow, is the new favorite for the Heisman, plus 150 at DraftKings. You got Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma at plus, seven, plus 175, and then two at plus 225. Tua dropped from plus 110 since last week. Uh, it really, right now, looks like a four-player race. I think you could make the case that Jonathan Taylor is no longer in it from Wisconsin after they lost last week. Uh, Justin Fields is the other one who, at plus 1,000, is, is my favorite at that value right now, an Ohio State team that I think looks like maybe the best team in the country right now. If he's playing quarterback, kind of a sneaky play, but uh, it, it is pretty wide open between the Burrow, Hurts, and, and Tua right now. If Tua does come back, um, it's going to be three or four guys that are going to be making a run for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, if you're if you're betting this now, especially if you're looking at such such short numbers for the for those three guys, I think Fields is the bet. If you just want to get in and have some sweat and have a have a have a sweat here as we come down the stretch, because I mean, listen, you can draw, you you can draw the you know we talked about this with some of these other guys earlier in the season. It, could you at least draw a scenario up on paper where he gets there? And as you mentioned, I mean, like you know. If they are, if they go ahead and, and run the table and go and do what they're supposed to do and he continues to put up numbers and maybe some of these other guys knock each other off along the way. I mean, here's the thing is Burrow and Burrow could be knocked out by losing to Tua. Tua could be knocked out by losing to Georgia in the finals. Uh, Oklahoma sometimes s- s- finds a way to uh, slip up down the stretch. We've seen it a few different times from this team. And so there's a with Burrow and Tua definitely going to knock one or the other out of the race. I mean, that's 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 one of the things that you have to kind of take into account here that it's actually kind of a three man race in the grand scheme of things, because one of the other is going to knock uh, Burrow or Tua is going to knock the other one out. So, uh, Jay, whenever you kind of look at this, I mean, 150, 175 and 225, nothing I'm really interested in. If you give me anything, I'll take the guy at 10 to one and just kind of, you know, hope something comes through. But uh, understanding that it's likely that he, he won't win. Yeah, no plays. But again, pointing out what you are indicating, um, no value, clearly, in Burrow, but what a season. I think I think voters will be impressed with what he's been able to do. If they can beat Ohio State or beat Alabama, then that's uh, going to really put them in, in, a, in a good position. But again, they have two strong defenses they have to go against still, uh, both Auburn and um, Alabama. And then if they were to, by chance, get through the West, they, then they face Georgia or Florida. And it's just going to be tough for Burrow to put up numbers after numbers and we saw last week with Tua leading all the way towards the end towards the latter part of the season he had one big bad game in the SEC championship 
and we saw him get overtaken by Kyler Murray. Now the schedule is more favorable for Ohio State to keep putting up these numbers. Um, their toughest game will probably be at Michigan to end the season, but Ohio State's shown the, num- the, the ability to keep scoring, and they're very balanced, and I think uh, Fields is going to be able to have a better chance, along with Hurts, and you look at their schedule, toughest game probably left on the road at Baylor, but um, it's, it's it, at this point, the, the voters are going to be swayed by the big numbers that continue to be put up, and I think Burrow's going to have a tougher time because of the defensive teams he's going against, which means there's just not value at all with him, but uh, if you obviously tremendous value had you got in at any time in the three weeks or earlier before with the number continuing to come down over 200 to one that he started at at least to open the season. Yeah. And Brett, Remember. I think, yeah, I was going to say, if people had listened to this podcast and <sighs> we were basically connecting the dots on how this could have gone down. And, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things, and I talk about this in the videos that I make for the play picks in the lines, whenever we're talking about uh, making prop bets as well, which is basically connecting the dots. You, you tell yourself how this game is going to play out and then and you bet your props according to how the game is going to play out. And so basically that's kind of what we were doing with this is we were trying to connect the dots into how this could work out for Joe Burrow. And, you know, some of those dots have, have been connected so far. Yeah. And there's one, one, one big dot still coming. And look, if he does, if you like Burrow and he does show out against Alabama, he's, I wouldn't say a lock, but he's, I mean, that pretty much secures the Heisman for him. So, I mean, that's, that's the big game. Uh, but like we saw last year, I mean, look, Tua was, Almost a sure thing to win the Heisman towards the end of the year. And then Keller Murray just kind of snuck up and and got it done. So you just you don't know. I think the fields kind of fits into that category as, as kind of the sneaky play here. We get about midway through the season. And of course, one other injury in the NBA, uh, Zion Williamson is uh, hurt for the Pelicans, going to miss Several several uh, games here to start the season. He was minus 162, now sitting at plus 140. I don't have a real huge opinion on on this with the NBA. I mean, I think that even and you guys maybe have some something on this that I don't. But listen, even if Zion comes, I mean, I don't think it matters as long as he is on the timetable that they say that he is on. I still think he runs away with rookie of the year here. I don't see really anybody else that could that could really contend. But, um, you know, the the floor is open if you guys think that there's someone else that could take this award from him. Well, you're not alone. I mean, the books didn't really know what to do with it either. It started out as an injury that would sideline him for a few weeks. And at, at that point, I know the Westgate in Las Vegas just removed the market completely because they didn't know. And then it turned out it could be up to two months and the odds just kind of flipped. I mean, when Westgate put the odds back up they put him at plus 500 whereas like DraftKings and FanDuel on the east coast were still 140 150 so I mean there's a lot of differing opinions about what this injury news means I mean there's a possibility that Zion doesn't even qualify for rookie of the year if he doesn't get the games in so True. it's kind of it's, it's kind of I mean who knows if you like a long shot might be a good time to, to get some some value on a guy like I don't know Kobe White or something right now but um yeah I mean if, yeah 1400 if, I guess is like you know I guess it's worth a you, you could throw a flyer out there I guess at this point for me if I'm not betting Zion I'm probably just going like way off the board right like yeah, I'm probably just yeah. yeah I'm probably at this point just gonna bet like someone that's just way 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 down there you know like a th- like some somebody that's more than 30 to 1 and just hope that you know there's a there's an opening that that gets going there or something like that do you have any uh you have any opinion on this Jay no, we talked earlier in the season, and again, the liability on some of these books, and that's why you'll still see some of the numbers differing on Zion Williamson. If some uh, books were had much more action, obviously you're not going to see as big of adjustment like on FanDuel with that adjustment. But no, I don't uh, didn't play any preseason, and um, I guess the comment about a long shot, as you can see early from a, a couple of games where a potential long shot's showing points, you'll see the adjustment maybe in the price, but if you can project that, well, can he carry this through the season? And then we're back to, is, are there going to be injuries we've already seen with Williamson that can impact those? So I don't, I don't play any of these, but I'll be watching with interest. NBA did tip off here. We'll talk some NBA next week, but Brett, before we, we don't want to just completely glance over the NBA here without saying, Hey, there's free money hanging out there. So go ahead and just, well, it's, it's a absurd, absurd value hanging out there. So just go ahead and take it. Yeah. There's an awesome odds boost promo at, uh, at FanDuel Sportsbook this week on the 76ers. No, it is not a Ben Simmons three pointer odds boost. Although those were floating around in his opener and uh, it did not hit the guy. Did, he didn't even shoot a three, but um, 
This odds boost at FanDuel, you can get 76 to 1 odds on Philadelphia to win the title. They are plus 750 if you want to bet them normally, but you can get 76 to 1 up to $10 if you live in New Jersey and Philadelphia on the 76ers to win the title. It's one of those bets where you just click it, right. put, your 10, put your $10 down, and just see what happens. And then you could, I mean, you could even hedge with some of the, you know, a team that you do like just to, just to get some, you know, action uh, to, to diversify a little bit. But um, yeah, great, great uh, promo here from FanDuel. Yeah, just, just take it. Put the money down. Don't worry about it. It doesn't even believe I, I, it doesn't even matter whether you believe in the 76ers or not. It's just you take the value. You move on as sports bettors. We are you know, we, we say all the time, guys, go to the lines dot com, go to playpicks.com and take advantage of all these free money offers that are offered out there and all these free bet offers and all these bet match offers because, hey, we need to take every edge we can possibly get from the sports books. Same thing here. Like, just don't don't think twice about it. Don't even think about it. The only thing I can say is, Jay, I just I just get jealous of whenever these every single time these promos roll across the, the board here because you and I can't play them. That's basically yep, yeah. that, that's, that's the frustration. Yeah. Again, absolutely play these if you get a chance. I, I don't uh, play slot machines and things, but I'm trying to think of a promo promo crossover <laughs> or like if, they, if they're offering blackjack at three to one to get a blackjack, right. you know, you'd see people sitting at that table to get in on the game. So you want to take advantage of these when they're out there on a 76 promos and, and they do it because they know that there's a lot of fans that want to have uh, they, they got a lot of fans supporting and then they know that those people why we got this is so attractive make the bet and then you'll have more interest along the way and potentially obviously uh, take advantage of some of the others that they put out there as always we'll close out things talking about NFL week eight we'll skip over the Thursday game because by the time you listen to this it'll either be probably going on or concluded here so we'll kind of move on and Brett I think that you know we'll go to you on this one the first pretty interesting number and game that's out there right now, the Philadelphia Eagles head up to your neck of the woods to face the Buffalo Bills with your guys currently sitting as a point and a half favorites in that thing. Pretty low total sitting at 43. Yeah, I man, I, I like I, I looked at this and I was like, why? Why isn't this line just three? Like have the Bills not shown enough yet to where this is just a three? Are, like are the, are the Eagles better than the Buffalo Bills. I'm not even sure right now. I mean, but coming off, coming off the loss, especially, I would have thought this might just be three, but, um, I don't know. I, I got to dig into this one. I, I tried to, to stay away from bills games because I do have that bias built in. Right. And, uh, and I, I totally get that. To, yeah. Yeah. Totally curious to hear your guys thoughts on that one though. Yeah. I mean, I, I can start here. I mean, I guess the thought is, is that in, in, but this is what people have been thinking for the last two games and it hasn't happened yet. And that is that the Eagles were going to get healthier. And as the Eagles got healthier then they are supposed to be just way, way stronger. Right. I mean, if, when they get to Sean, you know, they just Sean Jackson was practicing, didn't play. Deshaun Jackson was practicing, didn't play. You know, when are they going to get Deshaun Jackson back? When are they going to get these corners back? When are they going to actually have, you know, a, some semblance of what the defense is supposed to look like out there? Not that it's going to be a world beater defense anyway, but, you know, I, th- I think everyone just keeps thinking, okay, the Seagulls team's going to get healthier. They're going to get healthier, and then they just don't get healthier, and, and we keep seeing, you know, the, the worst version of themselves head out onto the field. I don't know. This number seems short to me, but maybe maybe I'm with blinders as well. Jay, is there is there anything that we're missing here that that we should be seeing? I made a plan the Bills early week and without even having gone through all my numbers. Um, and, and as I look a little bit more, I think statistically this is going to be a close game um, in my in some of my projections. But the, the uh, intangible is looking at Philadelphia. Not only is it their third straight game, but they come off playing two you know, strong teams, defensive, physical games. They come off first Minnesota, really put it to them on the road. And then at Dallas last week, they come right back and they got run over at the point of attack. Gave up 189 yards rushing, um, 36 rushing attempts. And that can wear on a defense. Now the third straight road game uh, with Buffalo in this case, who again, solid, solid defense that can, um, uh, we, we already saw they outgained the, the, the Patriots by, by margin, um, but four turnovers were the difference in defeat. And I think the Bills, surprisingly, uh, may be um, the team that's still undervalued. And, and, and uh, if they can show enough and control the ball clock and change, I just think the Eagles may be not only worn down, but we, we've seen enough from the secondary that there's some issues. And now the defensive line may be showing a little more signs as well. I think the other game that is going to have people scratching their heads and hopefully when Brett and I talk about the 
card that we're going to put in on the circuit contest tomorrow, this is not going to be anything that we have to discuss. But I think people are going to be scratching their heads about this Chargers and Bears game. Uh, Bears four point favorites over this Chargers team. Chargers fumble right on the goal line, which would have won them the game. Does that change people's opinion of the Chargers? Had they won last week as opposed to losing last week? They're sitting at a total of just 40 in this game, so an incredibly low total with a four-point dog in the Chargers that I don't know if you could really make the case if you go position by position that they're really that much worse than this Bears team. This Bears defense has kind of started to show some leaks. Brett, I think this is going to be a game that people are scratching their heads about this week. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if I want to take the mental time to really try and break this thing down or not. See, I kind of like the Bears in this spot. So there might be some contention on the show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I see this as a similar spot to the one the Bears had against the Vikings a few a, a few weeks ago. The pass rush against a bottom tier offensive line. You got Trubisky back at home. Bears coming off an embarrassing loss here, too. So I feel like there might be some built-in value. I I think the Chargers are awful, though. I mean, even, you know, with with the loss last week, a game that they certainly could have won and then nearly did win at the end, I, I just think they're better, the Bears are a better football team. I, I looked at this as one of the, the better spots of the week, uh, just, you know, without actually diving in, which I do tonight. But um, we'll have more on that one tomorrow for sure. Yeah, pretty interesting. Jay, this uh, do you think at all like people are looking at this the Chargers team maybe differently because maybe they're only looking at a box score, only looking at a record and not seeing, you know, I mean, listen, I know woulda, shoulda, couldas. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. The whole nine yards. I get all that. But this Chargers team could have easily have two more wins with the way things kind of played out. And, you know, I, I think if you really look at them as a whole, I don't know if they're as terrible as we are kind of perceiving them. Yeah, I agree. And and again, this isn't these are good examples. I mean, the Chargers were expected to be a, a, sol- a solid team. The AFC this this year coming off their season a year ago, and you've got to be able to change opinions. And and uh, I th- this week particular now looking at this game, I'll point out a couple things about the Bears in a minute. But um, I'm I'm waiting. I, I want to see the injury reports. I want to see more comments coming out. We're not obviously into the privy to the game plans that are going to be put forth. But um, when I break this down, the immediate thing that stuck out from last week's loss was the bears were coming off a bye, and um, they ran the ball seven times last week. That's a, that's the fewest times in the history of the Chicago Bears organization. They ran seven times for 17 yards. So 63 plays for the game, they run up seven times. There's got to be some problems. I mean, they, they fell behind clearly, but to, to, to have a bye week and that game plan, uh, which has to obviously adjust when you're falling behind, but that was a big red flag to me. And uh, so I want to know, is it, are there more offensive line issues um, moving forward? And uh, yet when I project this, with Melvin Gordon coming back, the, the Chargers just have not been able to move the ball, and I don't project them putting more than 50, 60, maybe 70 yards max on the ground the way they're going right now in this in this matchup. So it's a game that I haven't played, but I'm going to dig in a little bit more, and I think you have to be willing to change your opinion, look at the injury situations, look at the quarterback play, but clearly both of these teams have underachieved, and the Sharps certainly were on top of the Bears knowing they'd regress based on some schedule and um, the, the performance they had a year ago, but there's there may be more problems than we think there. Uh, no play yet on this game. And I think one of these massive, I mean, just absolutely massive spreads that certainly had me that that certainly had me kind of, you know, scratching my head whenever I was looking at some of the and when I say massive, I mean, it's not like just incredibly, incredibly crazy. But, you know, when you look down here at the Monday night game, Brett, as the Steelers at home and I, I, I get it, Steelers at home, worst team in the league, but. I mean, we're talking, this has been bet down, but the Dolphins are still sitting as two touchdown underdogs, plus 14 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they will have Mason Rudolph back, but again, he is still a backup quarterback that's only played a couple of games in the NFL. I don't know. I mean, it's the the Dolphins continue to tempt us each and every week here. It's it's a lot of points, and the Dolphins have... They have competed the last two weeks. They've been in games. Uh, you know, they kind of gave the way, uh, gave the game away last week against the Bills. That was certainly much much closer than the sh- score showed. But uh, this is a weird one because, like, you look at it and you say, "Well, I mean, this that's way too many points." But at the same time, like, I I'm a 
big believer in this Steelers defense. I think their defense can create some offense here and just kind of put this game away early, kind of similarly to what they did against the Bengals uh, in prime time a few weeks ago. I kind of see it that way, uh, but I, I'm not sure this is a game I'm going to touch because the Steelers offense is not good. Yeah, it was, I don't know, just very odd to me. That, that just seemed, I don't know, that seemed like way too many points. The bet's not in my account or anything, but that one kind of like stood out to me. Jay, before we get out of here, is there any, are there any bets that are in your account already that uh, you feel pretty confident about here as we kind of head into week eight? The Bills is the only one I made early in the week from a side perspective, but I want to comment once more on uh, we all have heard the narrative. I'll never bet on the Dolphins. I'll never bet on the Redskins. And it's another good example of you need to adjust to what's going on. The the clear quarterback change with to Fitzpatrick's a major boost for the Dolphins, and it showed last week in their numbers. I mean, they had 66 plays. They're just 51 to Buffalo. And remember, the Bills coming off a bye. And so for the, for the game, the Dolphins – 381 yards. They outgained Buffalo at 5.8 yards per play. They were more balanced and and able to produce um, a little bit better. So the value from a standpoint is clearly with the Dolphins. It's whether you you're going to throw out your perception and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 can I possibly take that team because uh, the Steelers. What have they shown to be laying again? We hear this. What what have they shown to be laying right. against any team uh, to lay this number? And uh, um, it's not a great spot. Um, again, with a little more rest for the Steelers, but uh, I'm saying that for the Dolphins, but that's where the value lies if you're able to get to the window. I haven't played that yet either, but if I'm playing it, it's going to be on the Dolphins. And um, I have to decide because I'm having trouble again, like for contests and how many uh, plays can you get in? Yeah. Uh, it's a little tougher week, and the Dolphins may be the one that I'm going to get on. Fortunately, played stayed off the Jets last week and not adding them on a Monday. They, they get blown out, but these are, they got to be able to adjust. And another, we'll see tonight uh, is a good example with the Redskins because this is a team few people want to play and the Vikings are taking most of the bets but are they able to maybe start to show signs of being a little more competitive yeah and I I, I always say like oh don't bet this game because you don't want to have to watch it but this is the Monday night football game so you're going to be watching yeah. it anyway yes. so like I, I always say on a full slate I'm like I ah, don't bet a game that you don't want to watch anyway it's it's going to be horrible but you're going to watch this game regardless you're going to want some pro- you're probably going to want some action so I don't know man I I look at that 14 and it seems fairly fairly tempting the only bet i do have in my account as we sit here right now is actually the over in this uh oakland raiders houston texans game and yes it's sitting you know it's a high total right yeah and and i was able to get on it fortunately at 50 and a half but it is now up to 51 and a half, but the the thing I think that's kind of flown under the radar here, and I, I Jay, I, I credit to you. I think you've actually mentioned this a couple different times on the podcast. Is the Raiders have actually been able to move the ball? I mean, it's not like they're completely inept on offense. And and to John Gruden's credit, he's come out with some pretty decent game plans. And when you look at this Raiders offense, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball on a Texans defense that's pretty porous. And certainly, we know the Texans are going to be able to score on this Raiders defense. And I understand that we're looking at a, and even at 51 and a half now, granted, I, I, you know, full disclosure here, I have a point better than what it's sitting right now. So it's easy for me to say, Oh, I love the over, but um, I I heard you, Brett kind of jump in right there. I mean, I just, I look at this and I see the Raiders being being able to put up, you know, 20 plus in this and, and definitely the Texans being able to almost do whatever they want to here. Absolutely. The Raiders offense has been, way more efficient than I could have anticipated. They've been pretty good. And it all starts with that offensive line and then the defense. I mean, just look what, look what the Packers did to this defense last week without any playmakers on the field. That was unbelievable. And yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers, but still, I mean, that was, that was embarrassing. So I, I would, I mean, I would say if you like the under or you like the over in this game, do it now. Cause I think it's going to keep going up. I, I would like anything over 55 here, though. I think this is going to there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really efficient, Jay, this Raiders offense. I mean, yeah, as Brett mentioned, the offensive line has certainly been good, but they've 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 drawn up and this again to Gruden's credit here. He understands they don't have a lot of talent on that team and there's not a lot of guys that you, so you can't hold on to the ball forever and expect these guys to get open downfield. So they've been able to get the ball out of Carr's hand quickly and design plays that really work to his favor and the talent that they have around him or when I say talent, 
talent, air quote talent that he has around him. And and it's friggin' work so far. And especially with Jacobs being quest- very questionable. And if you read between the lines as to what he said, it looks like he's probably not going to play. It leads me to believe that they're going to throw the ball even more, which, as we know, stops the clock and keeps the game longer and gives chance for more plays and more points. And so. I don't know, man. This I know it's a lot of points, but I certainly, certainly leaning pretty heavy to the over here. Yeah, it stood out to me, and I we've seen the sharp line moves, and I've read a little bit more. There's some good things. Um, they just start to back, but a little bit some things that are in place for this to be a high scoring game. The only game that I think the Raiders were kind of slowed was that Minnesota against a really good defense where they put up 5.2 yards per play. But let's go back against Indianapolis. They really moved it, balanced it well, and had a strong game. And then last week at Green Bay, I mean, they put up 484 yards at 7.8 yards per play. And it wasn't like, you know, completely playing from behind they 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 were competitive early and then it got got away from them a little bit but that those are big numbers and um if if uh, the running backs out it impacts a little bit but i'm agreeing with you they've they've shown that they can uh, make plays car's been real good and obviously leading the league i think in completion percentage but the 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 Offensive line was undervalued to me at the start of the season. They were going to be better than I think most had that projected them to be in it. It's shown up. So defensively, they're showing that they're going to give up yards and points, and that would seem to be the play. And remember, this Houston team, when they had a chance to take advantage of a porous defense, they just buried Atlanta, putting up over 50 on the board, and that game went way, way, way over the total. So this is probably only going to go up a little bit more. Yeah, you missed the key number, 51, if you play it, but there's other key numbers like 54, and it's not there yet. So this should be a shootout. Brett, I know it's early in the week and I know you typically do the majority of your research on Thursday, but is there are there any bets in your account or is at least there was there anything that as you kind of did your initial scan here that really jumped off the page? Well, I mean, of course, the story this week is going to be if Patrick Mahomes suits up on Sunday Night Football. I don't see it happening, but if it does, I mean, that's going to move the number quite a bit through a key number and then probably through zero. I mean, you would think if Mahomes is active, the Chiefs are going to be favored by at least two. So, um, you know, thus far the lines moving the other way. I think I saw four and a half. It opened to three and a half or four after the Mahomes injury news. Um, but that, that's the game I'm most excited about whether he plays or not. Uh, that's going to be a fun one in prime time. Yeah. I mean, even the total in that one, right at 48, I mean, Matt Moore's got experience in the NFL and he's got a ridiculous amount of talent around him, as we know, and they don't want to run the ball. So it's like mm-hmm. they're going to pass. It doesn't matter who is playing quarterback like they they want to pass. I mean, Andy Reid is just not running the ball at all, really. And it, it, with that weird three headed monster that they've got going on right there. I mean, the the 48 here, I, I typically I weirdly I'm like a under total better typically like I I really I kind of look for those spots that I feel like that that people are just inflating things. But this week I seem to be on some overs here and that one kind of seems a little juicy to me as well. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. Moore's been around. I mean, he's got. A lot of good players around him, but the offensive line is a concern uh, in this this Green Bay defense is they can get to the quarterback. So that'd be my only concern. But that could also lead to points for the Packers, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, No, absolutely. Yeah. Going to be going to be fun. But uh, we will uh, certainly break down our full thoughts on the Circapod and which plays actually make the card as well this week. Guys, awesome podcast here. Glad that we were able to get back at it after a week off. Thanks to G2E. But Man, this was uh, this was action packed here. And now we have NBA. We will have the midseason report for the NFL next week. And as always, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple, any of those go in. Please subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate all of those. We also appreciate the Twitter follows at the lines US at play picks US. You'll be able to get all the content that we put out on those channels as well so be sure and do that and if you go to the top of the lines page you'll be able to see video you can click on that it'll take you to our youtube page and be sure and subscribe over there as well all of our content every single thing we do is free so no money coming out of your pocket if anything we give you money because we have awesome promos and stuff all the time so take advantage of that for jay for brett i'm matt talk to you guys next week